Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Salutations and hello to all of my listeners, my unlucky lounge rats. Good to have you joining us for a brand new episode of Draft and Draft Friday Night Podcast Edition. My name is Corey, your limited lore master, denizen of the unlucky lounge. And joining me as always is the bear tender who is here and ready for us on release weekend. His name is Borok. My bear buddy, are you ready to get a little cold and get a little call time in here? Then wait no longer shall you, because call time is now up on Arena. We can finally play with new mechanics and new cards. But before we get to the call time coolness, a few bits of upkeeping and housekeeping for all of you. As always, this podcast is brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. Check them out, BLEAV.com or wherever you download your audio goodness. Keep your midday blues away with Believe. And if this show is giving you some joy, find us on all of those socials. On Twitter, Twitch, TikTok, and YouTube, Draft and Draft Corey. On Instagram, Corey Demone Enriquez. And if this show is giving you the right amount of happiness, think about supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com backslash draft and draft. Link in the episode description. Help us keep the lights on here in the Unlucky Lounge. That's enough of the housekeeping and the upkeeping. Borok is literally scratching off his mane. Okay, you got it, Borok. We'll jump right into it. We know what the set's about. We've got a lot of really cool mechanics. Foretell, Boast, Snow, and more. So let's get into our first Kaldheim draft here in Friday Night Podcast. But one more quick addendum. Grab a snack, grab a drink, crack a pack, whatever it might be. It's time for us to celebrate all the great that you bring on a daily basis. This, friends, is known as the Untapped Step. Ah, here's to all of you in the start of a brand new draft format. Let's get underway. Pick one, pack one of Call Time is here. The rare is Battle for Bredegard. This is the green-white rare saga. You make a 1-1 human warrior, then a 1-1 elf on chapter 2, and then you choose any number of target artifact tokens or creature tokens you control with different names and create a token that's a copy of it. It's a fine card, but definitely not for the limited environments. In contrast, there's Fall of the Imposter, the green-white uncommon saga. One green-white, two counters for chapters one and two. So you get a counter on chapter one, counter on chapter two. And then you exile a creature with the greatest power amongst target creatures an opponent controls. This actually is a way better saga than the rare one. And I'd much rather tell the story of the Fall of the Imposter than the battle for Bredegard. Uncommons beside that is Saw It Coming and Herald King of Skemfar. But let's go ahead and just try a little bit of Falling of the Imposter, if only because our Excessor Makes Sense episode featured that card. Let's push it. Let's see how it goes, and let's see if we can make a green-white something happen. Pick two, pack one. Oh, oh. green-white uncommons are raining down. Maja, Bredegard Protector, two green-white-white, a two-three human warrior legendary creature. It anthems your board. Other creatures you control get plus one, plus one. And then, essentially, landfall to make a 1-1 one, one white human warrior creature token. This card is an excellent follow-up to our Fall of the Imposter. So we're going to take that 
What could we possibly table? There is an Elder Leaf Mentor, the 3-2 for 3 to green, that ETBs and makes an Elf a 1-1 Elf. That's pretty cool. There's also a Code Spell Cleric for our double spell synergies, a 1-1 with Vigilance. If it's the second spell you cast this turn, you get to put a counter on target creature. There's also God's Hall Guardian, the 3-6 for 5 and a white with Vigilance, Foretell 3 and a white. I think this card is really spicy. The fact that it's a 3-6 that you get not a mana discount, but you get to put in payment plan, and you don't even need to get your six land to cast this six drop. That seems really nice, but first and foremost, we are going to take some two, three action and go into pick three of pack one. This one has a little bit less on the exciting uncommon side. There's Crush the Weak and Weathered Runestone. Both are not really cards that I want to take in a green-white deck because one is a colorless hate card and the other is a pyroclasm variant in red no thank you besides that there is the story seeker the one in a white two two with lifelink not bad but what i'm gonna take here is guardian glade walker this is a one in a green one one changeling so it's all creature types and when it enters the battlefield you put a plus one plus one counter on target creature <laughs> Yeah, Borak, this card is super flexible, and if we end up with a few elf things, I know we're going into the green-white uh, deck, but, you know, this lets you shift counters around, and maybe we can find a thing here or there, but we'll happily take a nice little two-drop and go into pick four, a pack one. Ooh, here goes the decisive card. Divine Gambit, white-white for a sorcery. Exile, target artifact, creature, or enchantment an opponent controls, and then they may put a permanent card from their hand Onto the battlefield. So this card is something special. It seems really temperamental and kind of difficult to yield. It's good in the late game, but very bad in the early. I don't know if I want to take it this early in the pack. Besides that, there's another Glade Walker, a second dip of our two drop. I like it. There's a Horizon Seeker, the 3-2 that boasts for one to green. You search for a land card, put it in your hand, and then shuffle your library. It is card advantage. There's also Battlefield Raptor, <laughs> the subject of our Accessor Make Sense episode. <laughs> yeah, Borok, the way that we're starting, this Battlefield Raptor looks quite good. We've got three cards, all of which pump up our creatures. So, yeah, let's go ahead and take that Battlefield Raptor and see what we can make work. Whoa! <laughs> When it rains, it pours, friends. Another Battlefield Raptor. There is also, though, a Spectral Steel. This is one in a white aura. Enchanted creature gets plus two, plus two. Then you can pay one in a white to exile it from your graveyard to return another aura or equipment card from your graveyard to your hand. This is an excellent bit of onboard advantage that you can just start to push out some really quick board states and then also be able to mitigate the two-for-one loss off of most aura effects. I'm feeling a Spectral Steel. Besides that, there's another Battlefield Raptor. Don't get me wrong, like I said, they work better in multiples. At least I said that in the Accessor Makes Sense episode. Or at least Spike said that. It's confusing when you have multiple roles you're playing, folks. But we'll just take the Spectral Steel. Maybe we can table that Battlefield Raptor. Seems unlikely, but maybe we can give it a try. Pick six, pack one, lots of green-white stuff, another Divine Gambit. Again, not a card I want to snipe up too early. Axe Guard Braggart, the 3-3 three, three for three and a white. You boast it for one and a white, untap it, and you put a counter on it. Seems fine, a little replaceable. There is a Masked Vandal. This card is very good. One 
and a green for a 1-3 changeling. You exile a creature card from your graveyard, then you can exile an artifact or enchantment an opponent controls, but what we're going to take here is struggle for Skemfar. It is the Hunt the Weak variant in the set. Three and a green, you put a counter on target creature you control, then it fights, but you can foretell it for a single green mana. So it's a one-costing reduction on foretelling for Hunt the Weak. Wow, that is a nice place to be. <laughs> Hopefully we can see some of those other creatures, Borok, as this goes on. But for now, I'm pretty happy with how this is progressing. Pick 7, pack 1. Not a lot in the world of green-white for us. There is a Glittering Frost. This is the Snow Enchantment Aura that enchants a land, makes it snow, and then the land can tap for an additional color. It's cool, I think, in like the green-based blue or red decks that are looking to splash around or trying to really optimize on snow. That's not what we're doing here. Besides that, there's a Story Seeker, again, the 2-2 with lifelink for 1 and a white. Not bad, good with counters. And there's also a Shimmer Drift Veil. If we end up with one or two snow cards, we'll be pretty happy we took this Shimmer Drift Veil. And it can fix us for one of our colors that we don't have going on. So let's just take the Pseudo Dual Land and happily move on to pick 8. Scorn Effigy is in this pack. This card seems kind of bad but also not bad if we're trying to play low to the ground and quickly this is the two three with foretell zero and it's a three drop so it's a two three for three or if you foretell it you can play it for free on turn three it's kind of eh. besides that there is a ravenous lindworm the six six for six four green green when it etbs you gain four life big old creature is nice i think for now i'm gonna take the lindworm and see if we can get a little bit of early and a little bit of late. Uh, in pick 9, hey, there's a Funeral Longboat in this pack. This was actually our table pack. We didn't really keep an eye on it in the first place because we had, you know, the green-white sagas. But I think the Funeral Longboat is a good way to keep pressuring our opponents. There is a Mammoth Growth, the plus 4, plus 4 instant speed spell that can foretell for a green. And it naturally costs 2 to green. I think for now, I'd rather just take a long boat and, you know, maybe try to make some stuff happen around there. Another God's Hall Guardian, or the tabled one at least, the 3-6 Vigilance for 6 that foretells. Really nice pickup there. There's also the Elderleaf Mentor. I think I'm going to take the Elderleaf Mentor. We already have Maja, and I think going wide is kind of what this deck wants to do. So let's go ahead and pick that up. In pick 11, we'll pick up a Raven Wings, a little flying variant. Not too bad, but... As we're going to garbage time, hey, we actually did uh, table that Divine Gambit, so not too bad, not too bad. Maybe we'll end up just playing it as a end-of-game type thing. And we did also table a Gold Maw Champion. This is the 2-3 for 2 and a white. When you boast it, you pay 1 to white and you get to tap target creature. Not bad in this deck, actually. Nice little uh, way of us using Armana. Oh, the second Divine Gambit table. So, I mean, I guess we're doing okay right now on creatures. I think I want a little bit more actually going into pack two. And we're doing pretty good on the interactive things too between struggle for Skemfar. We'll end up playing a single Divine Gambit, I reckon, in our deck. You know, this deck is looking okay right now. We could use a little more oomph. You're right, Borak. A little bit more oomph would be nice. In pick one of pack two, our rare is the mythic Eradicator Valkyrie. This is the 4-3 boast flying lifelink angel berserker sadly it is for two black black so it's not really a card that we can play at the uncommon slot sought coming and basalt ravager a blue and red card not for us spirit of alder guard 
is kind of cute. It's the 0-4 for 3 to green. You get to tutor for a Snowland card, reveal it, put it in your hand, shuffle your library, and then the Elder Guard gets plus 1, plus 0 for each other snow permanent you control. It's nice, but it's just not what our deck is trying to do, so I think we're going to pass on that. Besides that, there is another Battlefield Raptor. We didn't table the other one in pack 1, which is good to note, but I think we're just going to take another Guardian Gladewalker, the 1-1 one, one for 1 to green. That puts another counter on a creature. Yeah, they just keep doing green-white things, I suppose pick two of pack two i see that we have a boreal outrider this card can be some real gas this is the three two for two and a green it's an elf warrior snow creature whenever you cast a creature spell if snow was used to cast any of the spell's colors it enters the battlefield with an additional plus one plus one counter on it we already have a shimmer drift veil which is nice little piece to potentially get some snow equity off the boreal outrider besides that there is a Another struggle for Skimfar. I'm almost more inclined to take the struggle just as some more interaction, but the Boreal Outrider is really, really good if we can get a few more Snowlands. <coughs> yeah, I don't know, Borok. It's kind of close, but I think I'm going to go with the Boreal Outrider. I think we're still early enough to maybe just grab a Snowland or two in the sequence of this deck and be pretty happy. Hey, another Spectral Steel is in this pack. That's kind of cool with the first one that we took. So we could exile one Spectral Steel to get another one. And if we pick up another Aura along the way, that could be pretty nice with our double Gladewalker and Battlefield Raptor right now. There is a Saruf's Packmate. This card is very good. It's a 3-3 three, three for 3 and a green. When it ETBs, you draw a card, but you can foretell it for 1 and a green. What a really nice card, but if I want to make one Spectral Steel work, I feel like I should take the second one. So let's go ahead and pick up the second Spectral Steel and see if that can be a nice little boon for us. I would love to find a rune to work with one of these Spectral Steels, be it the white or green one. I think both would be a very nice pickup. Pick four, pack two. Elven Bow is here. This is the cycle of equipment. When the equipment enters the battlefield, you may pay a certain amount of mana, and then you get to auto-equip a token onto it. The Elven Bow is naturally an equipment that gives plus one, plus two, has reach, costs one, and equip three, but you pay two, and you put a one-one Elf Green Warrior creature token onto it. So it's a two-three with reach. I'm definitely in the market for that. There is a Ruined Crown in this pack, which is that Rune card, but we don't have any runes right now. So... If we don't have a rune, I'd rather just not have the rune crown, and I'd rather just take the elven bow. Besides that, there is a Sculptor of Winter, which would be a nice little table, but I think this elven bow is just kind of exactly what we want to have in a deck like this at the moment. Pick 5, pack 2. There is Starnheim Courser. This is the 2-2 flyer for Tuna White that makes your artifact and enchantment spells cost 1 generic less to cast. Right now, we've got Fall of the Imposter, 2 Spectral Steals, and a Funeral Longboat, that's a pretty good place for it to be. Besides that, we could take a third Guardian Gladewalker, or we could take a third Divine Gambit. Clearly, those Divine Gambits are tabling, so I think I'm just going to take this little flying 2-2 two, two for 3 with upside. Who doesn't like a good Windrake with some additional value? Pick 6. Well, it looks like we found our Rune. Rune of Might. One in a green. Enchantment Aura. And enchants a permanent. You can... Either enchant a creature or basically a equipment, which we did take the Elven Bow already. And it gives either the creature or the equipment plus one, plus one, and trample. This seems like exactly what I want in a deck like this. The Double Spectral Steel 
Let's see if we can make some of these cool little things work. Uh, pick seven, pack two. This is going to boil down to two solid pieces of removal. So on one side, there's another struggle for Skemfar. Excellent card. The other bit of removal is Iron Verdict. Two and a white instant. Iron Verdict deals five damage to target tap creature, and you can foretell it for a single white. There is a snow-covered plains too, which is nice with the Boreal Outrider, but I think I'm just going to take the struggle for Skemfar. We really want to get our creatures out, and I think being more proactive is more what we want to do. Exactly, Borok. Smash, smash. That's our mindset. On creatures, let's go. Pick eight. There's a Mammoth Growth, and there is a Gold Maw Champion. I'm going to take the Champion. Since we have the double Struggle for Skemfar, I want to get some more creatures in this deck. So let's get some creatures. Hey, we tabled the Battlefield Raptor. You know, we talked about it in the Accessor Makes Sense episode. We've got double Spectral Steel. We've got a Rune of Might. We've got two Guardian Glade Walkers. This card is going to be obnoxious for people that aren't playing blue or black removal packages. So let's go ahead and take that. Maybe we don't play it, but even if we don't, I think that's a really nice table. There's Agar the Freezing Flame. Oh, shame. I just finished my first draft with Agar before I got onto recording this episode and we had three of this guy. He was really nice. We're gonna pick up another two drop here in the Story Seeker, the 2-2 Lifelink. Nice little table for pick 10 of pack two. And hey, there is another one right there. Well, looks like we're getting our two-drop slot nice and filled out. And wow, a Master Scald is in this pack. I think I'm going to take this. So this is a 4-4 four, four for four and a white. When it ETBs, you can exile a creature card from your graveyard. If you do, you return an artifact or enchantment card from your graveyard to your hand. We've already got a number of auras plus that Saga. That was a really nice pick 12. This deck is coming along. <laughs> You're right, Borok, that Boreal Outrider is not looking so great, but, I mean, we got a struggle for Skemfar off of it. Hey, wow, our last pick is another Master Skull. Who knows how many of those we can actually play, but we shall see as we go to pick one of pack three. Not a lot to speak of in this particular pack, but there is a Rune of Might. We can go with another Rune of Might here, that Aura Rune... Pulse 1, Pulse 1, and Trample, and Cantrips. If I didn't mention it before, the runes, when they enter the battlefield, you get to draw a card. This feels like a really nice pickup with the double Spectral Steel, the double Battlefield Raptor. Sweet. We have a plan, Borok. We're actually going to engage in what we talked about with our Excessor Make Sense episode. <laughs> this is not rigged or forced. This is just happening. Mate... I totally didn't plan this, but it's kind of cool, wouldn't you say? <laughs> hey, I am not being sus, Borok. Next up, pick two, pack three. There's Bears of Litjara as the rare still in the pack. This is the blue-green saga. Not interested in playing it. There is another Master Scald, another Elderleaf Mentor. Besides that, there are two, three different giant uncommons. And by giant, I mean blue red uncommons for the giants deck what i think i'm going to take though is alpine meadow this is the boros snowland you know just picking up an extra snowland for that boreal outrider i think is good enough there really isn't much for us in that pack so i'm actually kind of happy to see that card pick three pack three uncommon saga of the black white variety is still in this pack ascent of the worthy this card is weird and just not really what i think most decks want to do i suppose if you're black white you can maybe try to make this pacifism then reanimation spell work but i don't know i'm not that into it 
Uh, besides that, there is a Doomscar Oracle. So this is the second spell value. It's a 3-2. You foretell it for one. When you cast your second spell, you gain two life. It's a 3-2 for three. Not too bad. There's also Sculptor of Winter. Kind of like that card. Just as a way to untap one of our two Snowlands and maybe accelerate into something bigger. But oh, how can I miss the Stalwart Valkyrie in this pack? Oh my goodness. The 3-2 for three and a white. You can exile a creature and pay one to white instead of playing its normal mana cost. Wow, I almost missed a really good card there. What else can I say, Borok, except I'm being blinded by all the new draft hype. Pick four, pack three. Well, now we're gonna have our opportunity to take our Doomstar Oracle. No green cards and just two sideboard white cards in this pack. So, hey, some additional creature stuff, why not? In the next pick, we have a Beskar Shieldmate. This is a 2-1 for 1 to white. When it dies, you make a 1-1 Human Warrior Creature Token. Kind of in the market for that. There's another Alpine Meadow as just another white land for the Boreal Outrider, but I don't know. I think I'm doing pretty good on playables at the moment. I don't think that this card is all that much stronger. There is still Rally the Ranks, the rare in the pack, one to white, the Anthem, that you can Anthem a particular creature type. I'm just kind of all over the place with our creature types, so I think we're just going to take the Snowland for now. I mean, we've got three different Snowlands, all of which can activate our Boreal Outrider, and I would really like to make that card work. It's very, very strong. Pick six, Saroof's Packmate or Snowcovered Plains are going to be the choice between our picks here. There is a Path to the World Tree, which someday I want to make this card work. It's the crazy Wooburg activation enchantment that tutors for a land when it enters the battlefield, but I can't pass up on a 3-3 that cantrips. That card's just so good. In pick 7, alright, well, we get to pick up another Snowlands in Glacial Floodplain. Yeah, I think we're starting to get just enough in the world of our Snowlands to make this Boreal Outrider work. Nice little side plan. Pick eight, wow, we find another Stalwart Valkyrie. This is, this card's just really, really good. Especially because we're gonna play like our double Battlefield Raptors and they're gonna have to answer them or else they just lose. So yeah, I like that. Pick nine, not much to speak of. We're just kind of now in that time we like to call garbage time. Elder Leaf Mentor Table for us. Not too bad, not too bad, but we are going to have a lot of playables. Hey, I didn't mention this before, but the Warhorn Blast did table for us. This is the Inspired Charge variant. Four and a white. Creatures you control get plus two, plus one until end of turn, and then you foretell it for two and a white. Maybe we'll play it. Seems unlikely, but we're going to add it to our arena collection nonetheless. And friends, I can now confidently say that we are in garbage time. No more playables are being added to our pile, but we are gonna have still a lot of cuts to make. What is the final deck going to look like? The only way to find out is to stick around. We'll see y'all in a few TikToks of the drafting clock. Welcome back, all of my unlucky lounge rats. I hope you've refreshed, refueled, and are re-eddy to talk about our first drafted deck here on Friday Night Podcast of Called Heim. Green-white creatures 
and somewhat of a value aura based deck. The highlight, of course, being double Spectral Steel, double Rune of Might, that Battlefield Raptor plan that we talked about in our last episode, Excess or Make Sense, and a few really nice fill-in pieces to help make our early creatures stick. This includes double Struggle for Skemfar. We've got a nice Boreal Outrider to increase the value of our Battlefield Raptors that, when drawn late, could be a little weak, but if you put a counter on it and make it a 2-3 Flying First Strike, that's still quite good. Also, not to mention that nice pickup of double Rune of Might really helped make the deck round out together, and when it came to cutting this deck, it actually was a little bit easier than I anticipated. I made a plan of sticking to plan, deploying early, and deploying often. So we cut basically everything that was above 4, save for Maja Bredegard Protector, because when she lands on the battlefield, you know that she is going to make a big impact with the large number of creatures that we're playing. This does mean that we're playing two copies of some pretty replacement level white creatures in double Gold Maw Champion and double Story Seeker. It seems a little underwhelming, don't get me wrong, but because we're only playing 16 lands, I want to make sure that I can get my hand onto the battlefield as fast as I possibly can. But the truth is, the presence of Fortel in this deck means I don't need to draw that many lands to get my full power of my deck out there. Because I can Fortel, say, a struggle for Skemfar, and then play it for one green in the next turn. Or same with Sarus Packmate. And of course, the more creatures that I can trade off means the more I can make my Stalwart Valkyries, the 3-2 flyer that has a replacement cost of one and a white and exiling a creature from my graveyard. Really, I want to make these cards work. But as I was building this deck, I really became more enamored with playing 16 lands in this deck. I can deploy most everything with the Fortel mechanic just with two mana. And even that which I don't, I have a lot of extra incidental draw between the double Rune of Might. And I have some good removal pieces too with double Struggle for Skemfar, Fall of the Imposter, and yeah, kind of like our 20th card in the deck in Divine Gambit, we're going to play it, we're going to have to cross our fingers sometimes, but it's going to allow us to answer things that we just can't answer otherwise. And if we can get enough on the battlefield and answer a really troublesome permanent, like something that gains an excessive amount of life, it's probably worth it, rather than they just play some kind of big creature off of the Divine Gambit. But we shall see how this deck works. Will it operate the way we intended to? The only way to figure out is to play it. And let's see if we can break our losing streak here on Friday Night Podcast with the first draft of Call Time. Here we are on the play, starting with two white lands. We have Funeral Longboat, Goldmaw Champion, Starnheim Courser, and Stalwart Valkyrie. Alongside Sarus Packmate, I think this hand is good enough to keep. As long as we draw another land somewhere in the course of the game, we get to deploy a two drop, trade off a creature, and still deploy a three two flyer. This seems like a good enough hand to go. And we do draw another planes, which is nice, so we can hit our turn three efficiently and start swinging in for three on turn three. Not bad to have a nice little three three attacking on turn three, wouldn't you say? 
Our opponent starts off on Port of Carfell. These are the Sacklands. This is the blue-black one that you sacrifice it, mill four cards, and then return a creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped. They start off with this blue land alongside an island, and they foretell a card. Nice little start for our opponent as we're going to draw our forest. Very nice. And we're going to play our Goldmaw Champion, which is going to allow us to crew our longboat and get in there for three. So next turn, we can foretell our packmates and still attack with the Goldmaw Champion. Actually, maybe that's not as great because I still want to be able to crew. We'll see here. We'll see how the, the sequencing goes here. But we do have a nice amount of five power on the board straight away here. Feels pretty good so far. Feels pretty good. The sequencing on our next turn between our Sarus Packmate, Starward Valkyrie, Starnheim Corsair, and the fourth land in our hand, it's going to lead to some solid choices we're going to have to make, but I'm still pretty optimistic with how this hand is going. More than likely, I'll probably just play the 3-3 three, three for 4, draw a card, animate the longboat, and swing for 5, but it depends kind of on what they're going to be up to with their main phase. They waited quite some time, and then off of their foretell from turn two, they cast Behold the Multiverse, which tells me either A, they don't have anything to deploy onto the board, or B, they're missing a land. They still played an island, but that does mean they have three blue sources and no black to follow up with their port. So I reckon they're probably getting a little bit stuck on colors, but oh yeah, they still had to end up discarding. They discarded their Depart the Realm. This is the Foretell Bounce spell. That's unfortunate for them, but it is fortunate for us. We drew another forest, so we'll just run out this Sarus Packmate to get a 3-3, draw a card, and then be able to get them for 5 and get them down to 12. Whoa! We did in fact draw our Fall of the Imposter. That's going to be a nice little card for us to play next turn. So we can play our Starnheim Courser and the Fall of the Imposter because of the reduction that the Courser gives us on enchantment spells. Nice! That's a nice little curve we got going on there. Our plan is underway. You're right, Borok. They play a Snow Cover Island. They, we could see perhaps the Pillar come down here, but we'll see what happens. The Pillar, of course, I mean being the icy pillar that is in this format. It's two and a blue for an artifact that you pay a snow to tap an artifact or a creature. Really nice card. Well, they play another Behold the Multiverse and discard a Skull Raid. They are missing black and oh man, we just drew Maja, Bredegard Protector. Well, I guess when our deck does the thing and does it so very, very well, it's going to be pretty hard to beat, especially when they don't deploy anything on the board. We get to animate our longboat, and we get to crack in there for 11. We're one point short of killing them, but that is going to get us the win and the scoop from our opponents. Hey, a W's a W and a win's a win here on Friday Night Podcast. You gotta feel bad for your opponent when they just miss a full color and don't get anything on the battlefield. But the deck did do the deck's thing. How good is the deck actually? Well, I'm not quite sure. It had a really nice draw here, even without even drawing those battlefield raptors. 
But how will the rest of the deck play out? Well, the only way to figure out is to find us on those socials. On Twitter, Twitch, and TikTok, Draft and Draft Corey. I think I'm going to make a video on demand on YouTube for this. So find us on YouTube as well, Draft and Draft Corey. Instagram, Corey Damone Enriquez. And if this show is giving you joy, find us on Patreon. Patreon.com backslash Draft and Draft. Thank you to all of my patrons. I couldn't do the show without all of your support. Well, friends, it looks like I've found the bottom of my drink, and so we've reached the end of another episode. My name is Corey, joined alongside Borok. <coughs> and this is Draft and Draft, Friday Night Podcast Edition. Now go out there and make some magical Kaldheim memories of your own. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.